Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, consider joining my crew on Patreon to win amazing prizes like our adorable merch, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, and incredible sex toys. Go to patreon.com slash sexedwithdb to join my crew. Get discounts at all of your favorite sex toy shops at sexedwithdb.com. And follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. If you want to partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. To all my friends out there in a long-distance relationship, are you feeling disconnected from your boo? Wish they could bring you pleasure in person if FaceTime sex just isn't cutting it? Well, thank goodness for Clona Willy. Clona Willy makes DIY molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high-quality, 100% body-safe sex toy, so you can stay connected no matter where you are. Use promo code SEXEDWITHDB for 20% off at clonawilly.com. If you're like me, it's important to choose a toy with body-safe materials and a proven orgasmic track record. Fun Factory pioneered body-safe toys and has a serious cult following of vibrator enthusiasts. Honestly, you can't beat their medical-grade silicone toys. Not only are they long-lasting, they're also designed by German engineers for serious motor power. Ready for an ubergasm? Use discount code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off your new favorite Fun Factory toy. When I was 18, I knew what felt good in my body, but I didn't know why it felt good. I felt awkward asking partners for what I wanted and didn't always put my pleasure first. If your experience sounds like mine, it's never too late to start learning about your body, your pleasure, and advocating for your needs and desires in the bedroom. Beducated offers an expert-backed library of sexual wellness courses to explore new practices, upgrade your sexual skills, and join a sex-positive community. Join Beducated from just $7.99 per month with a 24-hour free trial using my coupon code sexed at beducated.com. Good morning, Victoria. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going? It's going great. How are you, Danielle? I'm really good. I'm so stoked to have you on today to talk all things birth control. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic. Let's let's get it right on going. It's a Friday that we're recording. We're excited. We're happy to be here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and in that same breath, Tell us what your sex ed was like growing up. Would love to hear that. Sure. Um, So I'm Victoria Nichols. I am the project director for Free the Pill, which is a campaign that's been working uh, for a long time to get birth control pills over the counter in the United States, making sure that they're over the counter, that they're priced affordably, covered by insurance and accessible to people of all ages. So that's uh, a little bit about me. And um, this question about sex education is really interesting I'd say that um, my sex ed growing up was pretty simple and overall positive. Um, I had the talk about the birds and the bees actually pretty early on. I think I was about four. I was asking questions as four-year-olds do. Um, And it was approached from more of a biological and anatomy perspective. It really was very matter-of-fact, educational 
scientific even. Um, you know, I asked the question of where, where babies come from, and um, the answer was basically A plus B equals C. Um, and it made a lot They're of sense like, to me. Let's talk math. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it made a lot, you know, it made a lot of sense to me, and it didn't seem very complicated. So um, I just kind of said okay and moved on to the next topic uh, without uh, skipping a beat. Uh, and you know, thinking back, um, that really simple explanation was helpful. I think if I had heard about a stork or delivering babies or something like that, I would have had so many more questions. Sure. Um, so more th- complex. Th- yeah, much more storks are much more complex than, than math or science. Um, <laughs> Cause and, they're not real. Yeah, That's they're, why. Yes. They're, it's not, it's not real. Um, but it, you know, it seemed almost like life education um, more than, more than anything. And it simplified and destigmatized, um, the whole thing, the whole topic for me. And it was easier for me to understand as a, as a kid. And, um, it, you know, it's just how people, animals are created and, um, a part of life. Interesting. Very biological based. Um, I'm wondering like, what was it like in school? Like, where did you grow up? Were you, you know, subject to shamey public school like sex ed or ab only or somewhere in between or somewhere at something better hopefully yeah i mean i think that uh, over that kind of four-year-old experience really sticks out to me but um sure. the kind of experience beyond that of like school and um in junior high or high school felt like I had that foundation, which was helpful. And um, everything else beyond that was um, just another class that I took. Um, but it was pretty grounded in health throughout my life and in health and wellness um, wasn't particularly stigmatizing. So I felt like I overall had a, a lot of privilege when it came to sex education and um, got kind of the resources and education that was necessary to, to really think about those types of issues. Very lucky and a yes. very rare response, I would say. Sorry, where did you where did you grow up again? Um, Southern California. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, my family. I moved to Napa when I was fifteen, and my family is in Napa right now. Um, so I did my last two years of high school there, but I grew up on Long Island, mm-hmm. and so my sex ed was very much of STIs and drugs and alcohol and like food and nutrition and it really wasn't I mean it it could have been worse but it definitely could have been better so shout out to your Southern California school system for um leaving you with a positive taste in your mouth sex ed wise that's great um awesome so moving on a little bit to birth control and the birth control pill I would love to to talk about this a little bit more um and hear more about the free the pill campaign but you know, most of us who have been on birth control typically, you know, would get that medication a very specific way, right? By going to a doctor or a healthcare professional, getting a prescription, going to pick it up at the pharmacy, or these days getting it delivered, especially with COVID, and then going again the next month, right? Really kind of that's a lot of folks' experience. And I'm just wondering, is this legally required? And, um, you know, first, you know, before even that, that's just mean like my immediate question that comes up, like, is this necessary? Mm-hmm. And also, can you just give us like a 101 of different levels of medication availability, like, you know, prescription only behind the counter, over the counter? Like, can you define these things and like how it interacts with like our legal system currently? 
Sure. Yeah. Happy to answer that. I think that's a, a great question. And um, you're right. I think a lot of people do uh, access birth control pills through the prescription way, through through a provider and, and getting a prescription through a provider and needing to go into a doctor's office or getting them, um, you know, through telehealth. Um, so there's there's different ways that people can access birth control pills. At Free the Pill, we're really working to expand access to expand access by moving them over the counter. Um, generally speaking, right now, people access birth control pills by getting a prescription from a provider so that they can pick them up at a pharmacy um, and or have them shipped um, to them, like you mentioned, during the pandemic. That is an easier option. Uh, but this typically requires making an appointment with a provider or getting a prescription through telehealth uh, and getting them prescribed online. And um, the process of needing to get a prescription can present barriers to people um, because of several different factors. One, it, the cost of the appointment transportation to the appointment, um, taking time off school or work. Um, if you don't have insurance, it, of course, can be a lot more expensive. And then there are telemedicine options, which are great. It's great innovation, especially during the pandemic, but um, not. it's not accessible to everyone. So people working to make ends meet, um, there's additional fees that um, might not be affordable to everyone. Um, so th then there are also some states uh, like California and Oregon and Washington that allow pharmacists prescribing of birth control pills. And this is a big step forward in terms of expanding access because the prescription is actually issued by the pharmacist. And you don't have to visit a provider to get so There's to no get barrier that. to first have to go to a doctor's appointment. Right. You can just go right to Walgreens, get a prescription from the pharmacist, right. get get out of there maybe an hour later because they make you wait, but it's one less step. Right. One less step, but it's only in some states. Mm -hmm. So it's not an option for a lot of states. Like I mentioned, there's there's only a, a, a few. It's not all 50 states. Um, and um, it's also, you know, j just an option for people uh, and they still have to consult with a pharmacist and not everyone wants to consult with a pharmacist. So there. And is that like the behind the counter option? That is the behind the counter. So you Got have it. to, you have to still interact with the pharmacist, get them to write a prescription. Um, and then they, they prescribe it there, which, you know, I think it's, it's better than having to go to a doctor if you don't want to go to, if, of course, if you want to go to a doctor, you should have that, that choice too. Um, and then you're restricted by pharmacy hours, you know, mm, <laughs> um, that can be a challenge too. Um, but I'd say in general, the growth and popularity of new models like telehealth and pharmacist prescribing, um, show that people are really eager to access, um, their birth control in new ways with fewer obstacles. And all of these models, uh, including apps, pharmacist prescribing, um, hopefully future over-the-counter access can make it easier to start uh, using the pill and also to keep using it if you're already on it. Um, so those are the things that exist now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm happy to talk a little bit about over-the-counter birth control pills. They're not available currently in the U.S., uh, but we're working hard at Free the Pill to make that a, a reality. Yes, um, you are. <laughs> yes, we, we are working. Um, so birth control pills are, just to set some background, they're some of the best studied medicines on the market today. Um, they have long-standing support from the medical and public health experts. 
um, and decades of research on the experience and the safety and um, the safety, particularly for over-the-counter use. Um, in terms of what the policy and laws are, in order to get a birth control pill over-the-counter without a prescription, the FDA or the Food and Drug Administration would have to review an application from a pharmaceutical company to make and make a decision based on the safety and the data and the overall public health benefit. So the first step would be a pharmaceutical company submitting an application to the FDA to bring that pill over the counter. And we anticipate that this will likely happen this year, that a pharmaceutical company will do that. Yes. Exciting, exciting news. Um, so an FDA approved over-the-counter birth control would have, you know, sweeping benefits for millions across the country. Um, even with an over-the-counter birth control, though, it does it, it needs to be covered by insurance and right. affordable uh, retail price to really advance health equity. So that's the 101 <laughs> that I, I would give. And hopefully that was that was helpful. It totally was. Yeah. I think I'm like the connection that I'm making in my head is like plan B, right? Because plan B is currently technically available over the counter, meaning, which also I hate that expression because it really should be like in front of the counter, which is like, you don't need a pharmacist. You do not need a doctor or healthcare provider. If you have the means and the access and the transportation, you can go to a Walgreens and pick up plan B for anywhere from 15 to 50 dollars and purchase that without maybe with judgment of some a-holes around. But other than that, you can do that if you have the means and the access. But with birth control, unless you're in California or one of those states that you mentioned, what were the three? Oregon, what was the third? Washington? California, for the pharmacists. Yes, for the pharmacists, California, Oregon, and Washington. Yes. I, I think there are a few other states, but those are like okay. those are the the ones that I often name. But uh, sure, and on can always west. provide. Yes, on the west. Yes, um, yes, exactly. So, like, if you're in one of those states, maybe then that's another a, a step forward for being able to access that birth control through the pharmacist. But still, as you mentioned, there are barriers. But the ultimate goal would be for birth control to have the same privileges that and more that plan B currently have is that is that like a good analogy Right. Yes, sure. I think eventually getting it, uh, I think another way to describe it is it's on the shelf. It's yes. on the shelf um, for for pickup um, rather than having to go through any any other obstacles to get access to it. So grabbing it off the shelf, just like you do with plan B or tampons, or, or, yeah, exactly. Any any of those other great, great products that are available. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that is incredible. Um, obviously, I am rooting for that to be an option. But as you said, even if the FDA approves that, then we have to have the discussion about insurance and how much is that going to cost and how often do I have to come in? Is it monthly? Is it quarterly? Is it yearly? Like, I think that the barriers even for current folks in order to continuously get their birth control are lessening. Like I have noticed that certain telehealth companies are like, hey, we'll send you a three-month supply, whereas before that wasn't necessarily the case. They're making it easier for the user to use that birth control, but it's still not as easy as it should be. And so, you know, my next question, we kind of like already got to this a little bit, but I'm curious to get your take on like the medical aspect of it. You know, there are these laws that are in place regarding birth control administration and like the need to get a prescription as we already discussed. And I'm wondering from your expertise, like 
is this medically necessary? Do people need this medically for medical safety or or not? And like, why is this happening right now? Yeah, great, great question. And we get this question a lot at Free the Pill. So I'm not a medical provider. I'm not a provider of any of any sorts other than a provider of information. Um, uh, but we know from decades of, of, of research and data and evidence that birth control pills are safe and effective and they have actual broad support from the provider community. So um, I will point to them for the expertise on that. And Major medical organizations, including the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, the American Medical Association, and, and many others support making a birth control pill available over the counter without a prescription because just because they are safe, effective, and beneficial. Um, so uh, uh, other pieces of background that's helpful to have, uh, you know, a person can easily determine whether an over-the-counter pill is right for them and if they have any health conditions that, that they might want to talk more about a doctor or with a doctor about um, before taking anything. It's kind of like any other medication. Um, if you have concerns, the, the doctor is always a, a resource or a provider is always a resource. Um, but the instructions are simple to follow for birth control pills. You know, you take one each day. Every day at the same um, time. And lots of people, it's it's already in their routine. You know, folks who have been taking birth control pills for, for a long time get into this routine of taking it every day and actually disrupting that routine is what is the, the problem and the challenge. Um, uh, and then I think we also get questions about like gynecology exams and um, how those are really important. And, um, you know, while having a yearly gynecology exam is important for other health reasons and, you know, total advocate for, for that, um, it's not necessary for starting birth control pills, for getting a refill, for switching to a different birth control pill. And in a survey that was done, um, the vast majority of the survey focused on, on women, but the vast majority of women interested in taking an over-the-counter birth control reported that they would continue to visit their healthcare provider to obtain gynecologist mm -hmm. screenings, things like pap smears. So um, that it's not going to stop yeah, people from not, going to the doctor. Yes, exactly. Just because you have more access to it doesn't mean you're not going to go and still get checked out. Um, right. So that's, I think, a common misconception that um, it's important to just address. And then one other thing that I'll just mention is that please birth control pills are available over the counter in over 100 countries. This is oh not like... I did not know yeah, it was that many. Yes. There, there are tons of countries that have this. Um, so this is not like a... Uh, experiment. Yeah, and, yes. This is not really a, an experiment in terms of like, this would be the first time ever. Um, it's more like you need to kind of catch up Correct. with other with other countries. So that's, you know, that that's as, as a non-medical professional, that is the answer that I'd give to you. Oh my gosh, you're really crushing it. You are prepared with all of these answers. Are you falling into a pattern with your partner? Looking to spice things up but aren't sure how? Exit the ordinary with Lion's Den. Lion's Den has hundreds of your favorite brands to help you and your partner reconnect or try something new. From novices to dungeon masters, there are products for every comfort level. With 50 plus years in business, Lion's Den is here to help. Can't make it to a local store? Shop online and chat with a customer service team member while you shop. Lion's Den offers our listeners 15% off in-store and online using code SEXED with DB. If you've ever seen porn, you might have interacted with the term squirting before. But what is squirting and how do you do it? 
Beducated's got your back with an amazing squirting course. In this course, you'll learn techniques for how to squirt with and without sex toys, learn what squirt is and where it comes from, dispel any myths and concerns around squirting, and discover all about the anatomy of the pelvic floor. Join Beducated from just $7.99 per month with a 24-hour free trial using my coupon code SEXED at Beducated.com. The one, like, this isn't even a caveat, but I just think that I would be remiss as uh, someone who has experienced really negative um, uh, symptoms from the pill and from hormonal birth control. For those of you listening who have really fantastic experiences, that's great. And no one is like saying that you shouldn't have that. However, I just want to make the statement that if there are those of you out there like me who have had negative experiences with hormonal birth control, there are other forms of birth control out there that I highly recommend you try, such as condoms and potentially the non-hormonal IUD. A newer form of uh, contraception that is non-hormonal just came out called Fexi. That is a gel that is inserted up to an hour before penis vagina sex to prevent pregnancy. Um, So I just want to say like, uh, if you are someone like me who has negative experiences with the pill, for example, we should still want this to happen. It doesn't mean that hormonal, you know, there's a documentary that recently came out. I haven't seen it and haven't learned too much about it, but I'm sure you've heard about it, like the business of birth control. Mm-hmm. I All I've heard is that there's a lot of misconceptions and misinformation in it. So I will watch and do my own research on that. But if you haven't heard about it, do your own research, check that out, make an opinion on it. And I guess like I say all this to say that it's a similar kind of thing about abortion, right? If people are like, well, I don't want to get an abortion. It's like, great, you don't have to. We should still be advocating for the right for people to get abortions. And this is the same thing. Like, Just because I am maybe never going to use a birth control pill again because it's had negative impacts on my body and mind doesn't mean I shouldn't, as a sex educator, as a person who fights for these rights, advocate for other people to have this access. So I kind of just wanted to name that and like, see if you have any thoughts or any, any, you know, feelings about that. Totally. Yeah. And thank you for naming that. You know, I think that this is all about expanding choice and options Mm. and choice means you can, you can or can't do it. It's up Mm -hmm. to you. And, Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is, this is like any other medication you know, it's, it's, everyone's different. Everyone has a different body. Everyone has different tolerances to, you know, both the risks and the benefits and, and everything for, for every type of medication and every type of like procedure. So it's really up to the individual. Um, but I, I love what you said in terms of like, you, just because it's not for you doesn't mean you can't be an advocate or, you know, or support uh, expanding access to something. So I think that that is, that that's true for, for this issue and, and many others, uh, related to health and, and well-being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Curious if you have any if if the uh, documentary about the business of birth control has come up in your work and like what you think about it and like how you navigate the misinformation and kind of like what people are saying currently about birth control pills, even like people who should, 
you know, who seem informed and seem like they're on our team, quote unquote, like, how do you as a health professional who obviously has seen these, as you mentioned, decades and decades of research about the safety and effectiveness of the birth control pill? And just how do you navigate all of that? Sure. So I think that, uh, and I I haven't watched the documentary either, so I won't comment on that. But um, I think that in terms of like, just generally speaking, like, like misconceptions and, um, you know, uh, kind of just general concerns that, that come up. I think it's important to think about like the difference between like population level dev- data and like individual experience. Of course. Both are like, y- yes, exactly. And both are, both are valuable. Um, but I think when it comes to making policy and like mm. determining whether something should be accessible or not, relying on that one off or that individual experience can create more problems and barriers when you're looking at the population data, which is like what we look at. And when you're looking at like the evidence and the data over time, um, that is what's more um, helpful in terms of informing policy decisions that will impact a broader population. Of course, individual people have have their own experience. Some people have great experiences with birth control pills. Other people have, have different experiences, but your individual experience shouldn't determine what the policy is for an entire population of people. Um, and I think that sometimes, um, you know, the individual story is so captivating and it's really powerful and storytelling is such a huge part of, I think, any advocacy work. And it's really important to lift up those stories. Um, but I think it's really important to couple those stories with broader data and evidence that tells a, a picture of the entire kind of history of, of uh, the product or birth control pill or, or whatever else. Um, I think we've seen some of that come up with like COVID um, and vaccine stuff too, mm. where uh, the, the experience of um, looking at it from a population stance or even a global stance, when you're looking at the data from that stance, it tells a different picture than a few kind of uh, adverse experiences. Agreed. Yeah, I'm wondering if you I think I agree that storytelling is extremely powerful. Do you have any individuals who you work with whose lives have just I mean, I'm sure you do. But do you have like one specific story of an individual whose life was just so benefited from having access to birth control and like what was going on in their life where that need and desire and right uh, was realized in a way that was very powerful and effective? Sure. That's, yeah, that's a great question. So we actually have a strong partnership with uh, Advocates for Youth that works with young people. Um, and they have a, a Free the Pill Youth Council, which is a group of Love it. really creative, young, smart people uh, who are advocating for this. And as part of that work, they're actually collecting stories from people who um, who have either had barriers to accessing birth control, who, who talk about, you know, how this would be such a, a transformable, transformational thing for, in terms of their access. You know, young people face additional barriers because they're, because they're young. Um, you know, they, they often are, have limited incomes or they're reliant on their parents' incomes. They're, you know, dealing with sometimes more stigma be, just because they're young, young folks. And then they, um, you know, 
we always hope to, that young people have supportive parents and um, things like that, but that's not always the case. So um, I think the, the stories from young people in particular are so incredibly powerful. Um, and those are the ones that we should be really lifting up because they face the uh, disproportionate barriers to access. Agreed. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Speaking of free the pill, I want to get back into your organization. Um, I'm curious what y'all are doing on the ground and in practice to make birth control pills more accessible and to change these legal barriers. You know, like what does the political reality of free the pills work look like? And why does this particular political moment make this work so incredibly essential? Sure. So, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that Free the Pill, we're working on like four key things. One is like just getting the birth control pill over the counters would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mentioned like for, for equity, like ensuring that the people with the most barriers have access when you think about pricing it affordably making sure that it's covered by insurance and making sure that it's accessible to people of all ages. So I can talk briefly about each of those kind of four pieces of work. Um, Making birth control pills over the counter, as I mentioned before, is it's a regulatory process. It's through the FDA um, and uh, our coalition and our campaign is working to ensure that the FDA, you know, does its job, which is to look at the data and the science uh, and um, think about the public health benefit and make the decision based on that. Um, so we're we're involved in supporting a lot of the research pieces. Free the Pill is a project of IBIS Reproductive Health, which does a lot of really great and robust research on, on reproductive health issues. And um, this is one of them. So we're we, we um, at IBIS and the, the campaign and the coalition have been building that evidence base and that data to make sure that there's like a robust um, portfolio of data to point to. And um, luckily, this has been a work for a long time. So there's a lot of data on this. Um, the other piece of this is that we're, we're, our campaign is really rooted in reproductive justice values. And that means that we want this to be a movement-driven win, um, that it's not just about having a birth control product go over-the-counter. That's great. Um, But it's about ensuring that an over-the-counter birth control pill is done in a way that expands access for people who face the most barriers. So thinking about people working to make, make ends meet, people of color, indigenous peoples who've had disproportionate barriers to access, people in rural communities who might not be able to get to a pharmacy or, or have a, a doctor close by, young people. Um, it's really about advancing equity, and that's um, a huge focus of our work, and we're working really closely with uh, our partners in our coalition, reproductive justice folks, um, uh, provider groups, young people, to, to make sure that that is the focus uh, and that um, all the kind of policymakers and, and decision makers on this, as well as um, the pharmaceutical companies, hear that and understand that this is about expanding access to those groups. Um, And then uh, another big piece about um, expanding equitable access is, again, affordability and insurance insurance coverage. Um, So we're engaging with policymakers. Um, We have um, been engaging with policymakers to make sure that they're aware of this issue and that they understand the the ways that they can get involved, particularly on ensuring that this is covered by insurance and um, really thinking about how we can engage our allies in in Congress on uh, the issue, particularly of affordability and insurance coverage. 
Um, and then um, oh, one quick question. Go ahead. I, I, sorry, before you go into the last one, sure. I guess like since you mentioned Congress, I'm just kind of curious, like I want a little bit more info from you as to why like how is why is now like a good time? I mean, I'm sure every moment is a good time, but like why do why do we now potentially have this opportunity? Like what's going on politically where our allies that you said in Congress are like willing and able to make this happen right now? Sure. So this, you know, I think that this has been of interest for a long time, but we can't, you know, we can't deny the um, the, cha- the challenges that we're facing in terms of reproductive health access and the, you know, the attacks that um, have been on um, bodily autonomy broadly, um, but particularly around bor- birth con- uh, abortion access as well. Um, so I think that this is... Um, this is a moment where lots of people are engaging around this issue and, and interested in expanding access um, to lots of different methods. You know, birth control pills are not a substitute for for abortion care. Um, they're both really important and critical pieces of our kind of the the overall um, system of care and um, thinking also about the, like the whole spectrum uh, from birth control pills to to abortion care to you know parental leave and parental support like it, it all needs to happen to ensure that people can can thrive and um, be really supported in their in their choices around their family and their body. So um, I think that those are all really important pieces. But, you know, as I mentioned, um, this work in the coalition has been happening since 2004. So this is a wow. a, Long it's not really just this moment. It's that people have been interested and engaged in this um, for, for de- almost really decades, two decades yeah. uh, almost two decades. So, um, you know, although this moment is really important, it's a, it's an important moment for the coalition and the campaign and politically, as you mentioned, like we're, we're in a, in a, a difficult spot in terms of, of just people being able to control their, their reproductive lives. So this is an opportunity and it's also a really momentous time for the work and, and there's a lot of energy and interest around it. Understood. Okay. And you were going to say the fourth thing that Free yes. the Pill focuses on. The, the fourth thing that Free the Pill focuses on is um, really just thinking about um, uh, access for all ages. So I mentioned before, I gave a shout out to our, our partners at Advocates for Youth and the Free the Pill Youth Council. I love them. Um, also, they're fantastic. They are. They are incredible. Such a like such brilliance. Every time I talk to them, I'm like blown away by um, how amazing and creative uh, young people and, and yet people who advocate for young people are. Um, but we're, we're organizing really closely with them um, and the young people on the Free the Pill Youth Council, planning some kind of activities for our upcoming um, Free the Pill Day, which is in May, uh, May 9th. Um, and really, they are the leaders in this work in terms of young people's access to, to birth control pills and contraception. And the young people involved there are really passionate about um, advocating in their communities and educating people about a future over-the-counter birth control pill and what it would do in terms of um, kind of addressing the barriers that young people face in particular. So those are our kind of main bodies of work from the, the policy to the advocacy to, um, you know, really thinking about affordability and insurance coverage and, of course, working with our young people um, who are leading in this work. Uh, it really is this thing that's kind of like one doesn't happen without the other. Like it really is this web of reproductive justice and of working 
really, really hard at capacity in all of these realms in order to make it happen. Because you can't just really just focus on the policy without really making sure that like people of all ages have this access. Like I think that it's so awesome that you're looking at this and practicing in such a way that's so holistic and necessary for this kind of movement. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Really, really, you know, I'm honored to do this work. This is such a privilege to, to be in this work. Um, I'm, you know, always interested in how to do systems and policy change to make um, the world a little bit better and easier for people to live in. So this is a, a, a fantastic campaign to be involved in. And it's just a, a privilege for me to be to participate. Uh, well, it's a privilege of me to have you on to discuss this and be a, a small piece of just getting out this information to folks who are listening. And, um, you know, my final question before I let you go is I'm curious, what can our listeners do to really support this movement, to support your work, to support Free the Pill, to make birth control more accessible for all? Thank you uh, for asking that. Um, so folks can check us out at freethepill.org. Um, that's our, our website. There's lots of information and resources and, and tools there. That I mentioned that there, this is available in over 100 countries. There's a map that shows you where where this is available. So that's a great resource to check out. Um, there you can also sign up for the Free the Pill Act newsletter to get information about upcoming events. We host a webinar series um, that uh, that comes out uh, on a kind of monthly basis or so um, to educate people about this and and share information and uplift our, our young people and people within our coalition and, and the researchers and experts on this. Um, and then you can also follow us on social media. Of course, uh, we are um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. On Instagram, we're free underscore the underscore pill. And on Twitter and Facebook, we're at free the pill. Um, so really uh, encourage people to follow us and, and um, look, take a look at our, our work and really have appreciated the opportunity to chat with you, Danielle, and, um, and uh, love your work and, and think this is an awesome conversation. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. I, I hope that folks who are listening really understand that, especially this like stat on it being available over the counter in 100 countries. That Shocking. is so yes. wild to me that, I mean, you know, the US very much sucks with health care that is accessible. So it's not unfortunately that surprising. But just the fact that you said, you know, we have a lot of catching up to do. And I really, really am appreciative of you and your team and so many people who are doing this work day and night to make sure that birth control is accessible um, to all that is so necessary and really, really makes people's lives better when their reproductive freedom and reproductive rights are realized. And so thank you. I'm so really excited to support Free the Pill. Folks who are listening, please make sure to give them a follow. And thank you so much for being on, Victoria. It was so nice chatting with you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the conversation and have a great weekend. It's Friday, you like you too, mentioned Friday. earlier. Yes, it's Friday. Have a great weekend. What's better than your partner's penis? Two of your partner's penises, of course. Say hello to the amazing, the wonderful, the super fun Clona Willy. Made in Portland, Oregon, Clona Willy is exactly what you think it is, a DIY molding kit that allows anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a high-quality, 100% body-safe sex toy. Because all parts are art. Use promo code SEXEDWITHDB for 20% off at clonawilly.com.
We talk a lot about sex ed, but when we're shopping for products to support our sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, we head to the experts at Lion's Den. For 50 plus years, Lion's Den has been a leader in adult products. Whether you want to explore a new kink or add a little romance to your evening, Lion's Den has something for all. Each location is brightly lit and staffed with the very best experts in pleasure, passion, and romance, so you can feel comfortable and confident in your purchases. Lion's Den's offering our listeners 15% off your purchase in-store and online using code SEXED with DB. Did you know that American regulators consider sex toys as for novelty use only? This means that the materials are unregulated, yet we put them in the most absorbent places in our bodies. 25 years ago, Fun Factory was born with one mission, to provide body-safe German-made toys for a level of safety you can't get anyplace else. I personally love that these toys are not only safe, but also ethically made and award-winning. It's the kind of luxury our bits deserve. Use discount code SEXED with DB for 15% off Fun Factory toys. Our creator, host, EP, and sound engineer is me, Danielle Bezalel, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds, and our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. Want to advertise with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on IG at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. See you next time.